This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 113. And the quote of the day is from Henry Bergson, who said, The eyes see only what the mind is prepared to comprehend. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers and industry professionals. Information, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast, and this is an Ask Ruffini session. So if you have questions, you can submit them to Ask Ruffini by just shooting me an email at questions at drummersresource.com. And this session is brought to you by DW Drums, and I play DW Drums not only because I love them and they make great handcrafted drums here in the United States, but they also foster and support drumming communities all over the world like this podcast. Be sure to check these guys out at dwdrums.com. Now listen, I'm thinking about, I'm really, really seriously thinking about doing a daily podcast that is going to be about different topics. It's going to be about everything from drumming topics to goal setting and achievement to habit formation to motivation, some inspiration. And I want to know if you guys are interested in me doing that. And also, I want to know if you would like them in with all the other podcasts or if you want it as a separate podcast like called, you know, like the Drummer's Resource Daily Dose or something like that. So here's what I need you to do. Shoot me an email, nick at drummersresource.com, and it, you only need two things in the email, the word yes or no, and then separate or together. That's it. You don't have to write me a long email. You can even put Y or N for yes or no, and then separate or together. That's it. Shoot an email, nick at drummersresource.com, answer the questions. One, would you be interested in a daily podcast? And two, if you are, would you like those podcasts together with all the other interviews and all that stuff and the Ask Rafini show and all that? Or do you want them separate? That's all I need to know. All right, now we got that out of the way. Now let's get to the first question. This one is from Deshandre who said, The past few weeks I've been in a funk where I don't want to look at it or practice any drums of any kind. I tried listening to music and watching DVDs for inspiration but can't seem to get inspired and want to play. I tried pulling out the pad but even that doesn't help. I may have something to do with the fact that I haven't got a good gig or I haven't had a gig since June 6th and my phone isn't ringing off the hook. This is new and weird for me, and as much as I hate it, I can't seem to get rid of it. Have you ever gone through this? And Deshaundre, let me just say, well, first of all, thanks for submitting a question. Second of all, yes, absolutely. Does this happen to me? Absolutely, and it happens to everybody else. Getting frustrated and and you know, and not wanting to practice and not seeing and not feeling like there's fruits from your labor happens to all of us. There's a couple things to keep in mind though. Um, Sit back and, and think about why your phone isn't ringing off the hook. So maybe maybe it's your playing. I'm not saying it is, but maybe it's your playing. Maybe you're not out there hustling enough. Maybe you're not communicating with enough people. You're not networking with enough people. And you know, you're not really you're not really going at it with a hundred percent effort. And if you get fifty give fifty percent effort, you're gonna get fifty percent results. I'm not saying that you are, I'm just saying is there an area where you could improve on your preparation, your playing, your networking, your, you know, your musicianship, your anything? If there's an area where you can improve on any of that, I would suggest that you do that because that'll get you more gigs. And also, you have to realize that even the greatest drummers in the world, their phone doesn't ring sometimes. And you can't look at it as a short little goal. You got to remember that while you're not practicing, 
your competition is. So the days that you don't feel like practicing, just go in there and have some fun. Don't work on stuff and get frustrated or anything like that. Just go in there, have some fun, just fall in love with playing the drums again. Then go in and say, all right, I'm going to get in practice mode and I'm going to get diligent about it. And I'm going to really sit down and try to break some new ground. But if you can't get, if you don't want to get into the practice room now, I suggest at least just going in and playing along with some records, go in and play your favorite licks, go in and just jam for a while and fall in love with playing the drums again. Don't think about where is this getting me? Don't think about, you know, uh, am I going to get a gig out of this? Don't think of any of that. You just need to fall in love with the drums again. So I suggest just doing that. And you don't have to go play for three hours either. Just go play for five minutes. And after five minutes, if you want to get up and leave, then get up and leave. I'm guessing that after, you know, after you play for five minutes, you might say, man, I really, I want to stay for five more minutes. And then maybe after that five minutes, you want to stay again. And then the next day you say, man, I really want to get back in there and play. So playing and having fun is the most important part. If you're not doing that, then you got to get, you got to get that back in your life first. So I suggest going out there or getting behind your kit and just fall in love with playing drums again, man. And yeah, it happens to all of us. We all get frustrated. There's days that I don't feel like hitting the practice room too. I, I mean, I know I talk about a lot of, you know, staying focused and, and chasing after your goals. But yeah, there's definitely days that I don't want to go into the practice room. So yes, it happens to all of us. Keep your head up, man. Keep pushing and just go play some drums, man. And then, you know, fall in love with them. And if there's anything I can do for you, just shoot me an email, nick at drummersresource.com. And I hope that helps. The next question is from Freby, who said, how effective is going to jam sessions at getting gigs? I discovered that for all the hours sitting at a jam session waiting to play a couple songs, I can be more productive at home practicing. There's a couple ways that I look at this, and it depends on where the jam sessions are, who's going to be there, and what your desired outcome is. So if you are living in a major city and you go to these jam sessions and there's a bunch of players there, I mean like really good players that you want to play with and that you're trying to to get gigs with, I say that these jam sessions are absolutely 110% valuable because it allows you to network with people. It allows you to play in front of people. And, you know, I've gotten plenty of gigs out of going to jam sessions. Now, if that's not your goal, guess what? That may not be a good use of your time. If your thing is, man, I just want to go out and play some music then I don't think it really matters where the jam session is. I think if it's at some local bar down the street with a bunch of hacks, then if if your goal is just to go play some music, then I think that you, it's a worthwhile cause. But this message particular, Freddie is asking, how good is it for getting gigs? And I think it all depends on what caliber of players are at the jam sessions. I think that it matters where they are and, like I said, what your desired outcome is. So if you're looking to get gigs then I would go to jam sessions where there's musicians who are there who gig frequently. If these guys are guys that just play in their basement and just go to the, to the local jam session on the weekend or you know on the Tuesday night because they want to play, that's cool. But if those aren't the people that you want to be playing with, then I agree, then you know it's, it's, it's pointless. So I would say that if you think that it's a waste of your time, it probably is. All right, the next question comes from Mario, who says, Hey, I recently discovered your podcast, and I was listening to your segment on learning different styles and how we need to listen to start understanding the music in order to really feel it. 
I find I have trouble getting into jazz. I'll listen to jazz and I won't understand what's going on. And that just eventually turns me away from the music. I oftentimes find it to have too much going on and hard to comprehend. Any advice for just getting into jazz and not exactly diving into a sea of something foreign? Are there any albums that you would recommend that would help someone to begin to have an understanding of jazz? Mario, this is a great question, man. And I've been there. I promise you I've been there. And the thing that you need to realize is that jazz is not that hard. It's really not. Um, it's just that you don't speak the language. You don't understand the language of jazz. And I'm going to go over it with you a little bit. Uh, I recommend checking out some. I would check out like Miles Davis's Kind of Blue. I would check out uh, some of the some of the early Art Blakey stuff. Um, but I want to go over a little bit about jazz, the language of jazz, and how it works. So jazz is made up of form. And if you listen, John Riley and I talked about this in his interview that I did. It's drummersresource.com forward slash session one one zero. And we really we talk about this a lot about different tunes and form and things like that. But I'm gonna play some audio examples here in a minute too. But the 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 way that the way that you need to understand jazz is that there's form. So you can have a 32 bar form or you can have, a, you know, a 12 bar form. So if you're hearing something like let's just take a regular beat, for example, just like boom, boom, bop, boom, doom, doom, ga, doom, 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 ga, doom, 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 ga. You're probably hearing that in such a small, not you, just in general, if you're a rock guy or, you know, a straight four, four guy and you're or, and or, you know, like a straight rock guy or a funk guy or something that has that real heavy backbeat you're used to hearing things as one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and and it's a very short form um or a very a very short way of listening to things jazz is so elongated that you have to really understand the language of what's going on i mean there's all sorts of different forms the most common form is a a b a um, which a song like Take the A-Train is A-A-B-A. -A -A. Uh, so we're going to go over that in a minute. And let me let you listen to, let's listen to Miles Davis's Freddie Freeloader, Freddie Freeloader, I'm sorry. And this is a 12-bar blues. So what that means is every 12 bars, this thing is going to repeat. And even when they go into their solo sections, they're still playing through the form. So have you ever listened to a jazz song where, you in the beginning they feel like they're all playing the same thing and then somebody goes and plays a solo but then they all come back at the same time because they're playing through the form of the song so they may solo one time through the form two times through the form three times through the form it all depends but that's the reference point so they're soloing to the melody of the song they're not just making this stuff up in their head they're they're playing a you know, through the form and they're soloing based on the melody of the tune. So let's check out Freddie Freeloader off of Miles Davis's Kind of Blue. This is a 12 bar blues and we're just going to count it. As soon as it comes in, it'll sound one, two, three, four, and I'll start counting it and explaining it as we're listening to it. Here we go. One, two, That was once through the form. Here it is again. Two, three, four, five, 
seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Now he's playing through the form a third time. One, two, three, four. Now notice how he's playing the melody. Five, six, seven. So now you can see he played three times through the form in the piano solo. Now the trumpet player can play as long as he wants, and then it can go to the bass or drums or anything like that. And But they're playing through the form, not just arbitrarily playing notes and coming in and coming out when they want to. So... That's the that's the Miles Davis example, and uh, let's check out the let's check out the next one, which is Take the A Train. Now, Take the A Train is a little bit different. So this is form A A B A. So what that means is they play the A section, then they play the A section again, then they play the B section, and then they play the A section again. So Take the A Train is. A, A, B, A, each section is eight bars long. So they'll play the A for eight, the A again for eight, the B for eight, and then back to the A. So now let's get into this so we can really hear what's going on. So this is all just the intro, so you don't have to worry about this, but I'll start counting it in once they get into the A section. And remember, it's A, A, B, A. And I'll start, I'll count along, and then I'll also call out the sections too. So here we go. This intro is kind of long. We're getting ready to get into it. A. Now A again. Notice how it sounds exactly the same. Three. Four. Five. Six, seven, eight. Here's the B section. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now to the A again. Two, three, four, 
five, six, seven, eight. Now that was one time through the form. Here's A again. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now the A section again. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Here's the B section. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. A section. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Back to the A. One. Now you count along. Solo's done. Base solo. So now, as you hear that, hopefully that gives you a better idea of the language that they're all speaking. So the piano player solos through the form a certain amount of times, and then the bass player plays through the form a certain amount of times, and then the and then Steve Gadd, who's on drums. Uh, who has an amazing solo in this in this tune, uh, which I'll link to in the show notes. So that'll be drummersresource.com forward slash session 113, or sorry, 113 is actually what the URL is. But so, uh, so I want you to go and listen to these two songs. Both songs are in the show notes, drummersresource.com forward slash session 113. And I want you to count along with them and see if you can, if you can, uh, you know, hear what's going on and if you can follow along. So then, after you start to learn these melodies, then applying them on the kit, you start trying to play the tunes and play in time and just learn the the form of the song. And then after that, you want to try to maybe solo over the melody, maybe you know, one time through the form. Or something like that. So I hope that helps to get you sort of into understanding jazz a little bit. And uh, if you have any more questions, yes, yeah, shoot me an email, Nick at DrummersResource.com, and let's get into the next question. Michael asks, how long should my practice sessions be? And this is a really loaded question. I get this question a lot. And this sort of ties into the podcast that I did called Developing a Well-Rounded Practice Routine. And I'll link to that that uh, podcast in the show notes for this. So that's drummersresource.com forward slash session 113. Uh, I'll link to that in there. But Michael, I'll put it to you like this. Depending on a few things, how much time you have, 
Um, but really, you need to practice as long as you need to practice to be effective. And one thing that I remember Jojo Mayer telling me, he said, you don't want to practice for hours. You want to practice for results. So another thing that comes to mind is when I interviewed Michael Carvin, I asked him, I said, how long do you think people should practice? And he said five minutes. And he said, if you're doing five minutes of productive practice versus three hours of unproductive practice, then you're not really doing yourself any favors. So right now, you need to evaluate how much you're practicing. If you're only practicing for a half hour once a week, I don't think that me telling you that you should practice an hour a day is going to do you any good because tomorrow you're going to say, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to do an hour a day every single day. Well, going from a half hour a week to an hour a day is a big jump and it's habit formation and habit formation takes time. So if you want to develop a daily practice routine, I would suggest just go and sit down in front of the pad and put in five minutes. If, and you know, people say, Oh, I can do, uh, you know, I can do an hour or two hours or three hours. Well, you say that you can, but sustaining that over six months, a year, two years, five years is probably not going to happen until you develop the habit to do that. So I think that you should practice realistically rather than going for these big lofty goals. So back to my original point is you need to practice as long as you need to practice to be effective. So, you know, sometimes I don't have a lot of time and sometimes I only hit the practice room for a half hour, but it's a half hour of really, really diligent practice. I'd rather hear you say, man, I'm spending 20 minutes a day of super focused practice versus man, I'm going in there for three hours and I play my favorite licks and then I get a text message and then I shoot somebody an email and then I look at a YouTube video and then I go back and I play a couple more licks and I grew for 15 minutes and, and you're like, man, I was in there for three hours. Well, how much real practice did you do? So you can have a really effective practice session. That's really short as long as you're diligent about it. So, you know, take your cell phone and turn it off or set it on a timer for 15 minutes and say, all right, I'm just going to practice for 15 minutes. No interruptions, no, you know, playing licks around the kit, no playing my favorite stuff, really working on something that's going to challenge me. And I always tell people to work on one, work on what you're not good at. And every single time that you sit down at the drums, make sure you're doing something that challenges you. You want to sound like crap when you're practicing, because if you sound good when you're practicing, you're not growing, you're not getting better. So how long should you practice? I think that's up to you. But the way that you should practice is productively. You should be diligent and really keep track of your practice and see how much real practice time you're putting in. If you're in, like I said, if you're in there for a few hours and you're not really working on anything and, and you don't sound like crap while you're playing, then you're probably not getting any better. So the short answer is you need to practice as long as you need to to be effective so i hope that helps michael for anybody else out there if you guys have any other questions please submit them to questions at drummersresource.com and i'll be doing a lot more of these ask rafini shows so you can tag me on instagram with the hashtag ask rafini you can tag me on twitter with the hashtag ask rafini and you can shoot me an email questions at drummersresource.com and Hopefully I'll, I'll feature your question on the podcast. So until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. And like I said, if you want to hear 
these daily, these daily, uh, we'll call it the drummer's resource daily dose. Shoot me an email and let me know, yes, if you're interested in that or not, and whether you want them to be separate or included with the rest of the podcast. Check me out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash drummers resource on Instagram at drummers resource on Twitter at drummers R source. And until the next podcast, thank you again. I really do appreciate all of you guys submitting your questions and listening to this. And I love you. And I'll be talking to you soon. Peace. (laughs)